0: Welcome to Comparison is the Thief of Joy, a live call-in podcast that occurs every other Sunday at 6 p.m. where we talk about life and my journey through it. And while I do the podcast, I like to paint. So each podcast will have a corresponding artwork that'll go to it. Feel free to call in by downloading the Podbean app, grabbing your cell phone, and a set of headphones. It's open topic, never feel any pressure, Comparison is the Thief of Joy is available on all major streaming platforms, and my artwork can be found on my Instagram. Comparison is the thief or donniesun 82myportfoliocom for purchase. Enjoy. Ray, are you ready?
1: Hey,
0: let me see if I can let him in again. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, bro. Hey, hey, what's going
2: on? Finally figured out how to get in this
0: joint. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a puzzle, but once you get it going, it's it's relatively smooth. How's your day going so far, King?
2: Everything's smooth, my brother.
0: Good deal. So I was just telling the people, well, first, everybody, this is my special guest, Ox. Um, Is that how you pronounce it? Is that correct? Yes. All right. I first discovered him on Spotify When I was uh, training for my first Muay Thai bout, and this song came on called Young Muslim Wealth. And, you know, first I'm like, okay, the beat is moving, gave me like a gangster feel. And then some dude just got on and started spazzing. And I looked and I'm like, who's this dude? Ox? And so I've been telling everybody everybody about it. And then as I decided to start expanding my podcast out, I took a shot. And I reached out to the brother and find, asked if he wanted to be on the show, and he agreed. Um, thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate you carving out this time to speak to me for a moment.
2: No problem, bro. Man, I appreciate you reaching out.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I did want to ask you about um, your clothing line. Could you tell me just a little bit about it?
2: Um, So I own three clothing lines. Right. Um, I own NYC which is the clothing aspect um we turned you know halal chinese food is the name of our music company and it's the name of my first album okay um, and the album halal chinese food was like i guess critically acclaimed they, they was calling it like the muslim illmatic all right and um so we we you know we transitioned in, into a streetwear lifestyle brand as well mm-hmm. okay. And so halal chinese food dot nyc we, um, we push out like art, Islamic messages, okay. you know, on high quality fabric.
0: Now, you know, I was, I was actually looking at some uh, your YouTube channel and you, you had a, a blog or a our vlog that was in your car and you were talking about the Muslim, the young Muslim black experience. Um, what made you convert over or had you always been in that
2: faith? Um, I was born Muslim. uh okay. So I, w- I was born Muslim, but, you know, we grew up in the in the hood, right? So yeah. it was, I, I was always a proud Muslim, but I also, you know, was like a troubled youth. Mm. I, I was the guy that was, you know, got into a lot of trouble in my youth. Yeah. And uh, so I always represented Islam. But... Uh, we, I wanted to kind of, I, I, I wanted to give the world the perspective of the African-American, the, the black man in America that's Muslim, that's yeah. struggling between doing the right thing and all the wrong things that America and just the society and the whole, this world pushes at you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. You know, a lot of times people think of Muslims and they they expect perfection. Mm-hmm. right they you know they say oh it's a lot of rules you guys got a lot of stuff you're supposed to do and the moment you're not doing one of those things you know people look at you different right mm-hmm. but over here we struggling we coming from the same you know struggle as every other black person in this country right mm-hmm. and we deal with the same temptations and we fight the same struggles as everyone else but mm-hmm. we're trying to hold on to you know that glimpse of good that which is Islam,
0: right? And man, it, it's it's funny that you say that because it's a it's a constant struggle between what you've learned and then what you're learning. Because I look back, I was just thinking about it this morning. I look back on some of the thoughts and the actions that I did when I was younger, and how far off and how wrong they were. And having to unlearn those things and. um I tell people all the time, a lot of times people are like, well, aren't you happy that you went through those things? And I'm like, yeah, I have the knowledge, but I wouldn't want my daughter to go through those things to obtain the knowledge if she could avoid it.
2: Of course, we, you know, we, um, we had to get it the hard way, right? Yeah. Um, we come from a situation where, you know, we we're, we're kind of behind the rest mm-hmm. of the world, right? Because of. You know, economic reasons, you know, slavery, injustice, you name it, right? Our Mm -hmm. people have been kind of pushed behind. And then with the drug epidemic that came, a lot of kids went um, uneducated when it comes to the nuances of life. Mm -hmm. Right? We we may have went to school, but when it comes just to, you know, life lessons, we had to learn them the hard way. You know, nobody ever taught us about credit. You know, they... So on and so forth. Right. So these mistakes that we made, we had to make them so that, pot, so that our kids won't have to make them. God right. willing.
0: You know, I was lucky. I had my father in my life up until the day that he passed, about four or five years ago. And he taught me a lot before he left. And I didn't realize that the lessons that he was teaching me was to prepare myself to be his replacement. Right. Uh, he right. taught me. He did teach me about credit. But the biggest thing that he gave to me was reading books, mm-hmm. self-help books in particular. Like um, the very, I remember this vividly, the very first book that he ever gave me was As a Man Thinketh," um, oh, and The Richest exactly. Man in Babylon. I it's read that too. Hey man, uh, I'm a big, big reader. Even though I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to do a lot more audible books because I just don't have the time. But the answers are there. It's just having to look for them and apply them in real life. How about you? What's one of your favorite books as for in that realm?
2: Ooh, ooh, that was that's a good question. <laughs> uh, the Wretched of the Earth.
0: I've never read that. What's it about?
2: Um, it's about uh, a man in um dang, it's about a man in war torn Albania, and okay. he's speaking about colonizing colonizers and people being colonized and right you know the mentality of the colonizer and mm-hmm. his hatred for the colonizer you know right. that's that's the gist of the book it's a really deep book and you know they write I'm, you know like thesis on this book so i don't I, you know my explanation is not giving it any justice
0: nah i hear you i'm a, i'm gonna check it i'm actually looking at it right now i guess it's a james no, James a- Axler? No. I'm not sure. No, that's not it. That might just be the the rereading of it.
2: Yeah, that's but I'm the definitely,
0: re- I'm, that's definitely the piece, gonna, I'm definitely going to I'm definitely going to check it recalls. out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. But the topic I was going to talk about today and this fits into what we're talking about right now is just how do you let things go? of thoughts, people, and things that we sometimes hold on for too long, hold on for too long. I think one of the things that we all struggle with, especially with uh, as black men, because we're taught to, I think sometimes hold on to friends that have passed that expiration date um, in ways and things that we do, especially thoughts uh, that don't really work in the real world. They work in a certain places but they don't. They won't serve you in the big picture. Is that something that you run into as you've gotten older?
2: Certainly, certainly. Okay. And it took, you know, it took years and a lot of reprogramming of myself mm-hmm. to, you know, get past some of those obstacles. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we kind of been indoctrinated and brainwashed from children, mm-hmm. and that's where this mentality of not being able to let things go or, you know, not uh, being able to think past the box that you're in.
0: Mm. And you know, what's so tough about that? And you might, might, I think you might have mixed feelings on my next statement. I'm an MC, right? To the core. Ever since, as long as I can remember, I've always loved hip hop. But as I've gotten older, how, do you mind if I ask how old you are?
2: Uh, I'm 42.
0: I'm, four, I'm about to be 40 this year. I, I'll never blame anything on hip-hop, but I am starting to see that the messages that some of the music has can have detrimental effects on the youth. How do you feel about that?
2: Um, definitely. I th- but I think, I think um, the society has mm-hmm. been detrimental to Black youth. Agreed that message was then put into the music mm-hmm. and as society got worse, mm-hmm. the music got worse. Thanks. So I feel like the music is a real reflection mm-hmm. of what what's really going on out here, right like, I, so yeah, you know I, I like you know I totally disagree with some of the messages now that I'm a father and I'm an older man. Yeah. But at the same time, this is what's really going on out here.
0: Yeah. It's what they're really living in. It's, man, it's just... Uh, how many kids do you have, if you don't mind me asking? I have three. Three. Uh, my my youngest is four, and it's my only girl. And, man, I worry a lot. Because from when I was young to now, things have changed dramatically. Um, and I'm not really in a positive direction.
2: No, it's getting worse and worse.
0: Yeah, it, it's really getting worse. Um people in their, I would say people in their, I I feel like I'm getting old, but people in their moral justifications of why they do certain actions, uh, it's almost mind-blowing when I talk to, and it's not just what I'm seeing out in the, in like on TV, it's literally when I'm talking to kids, when I'm talking to them as they're younger, um, they see no real value in marriage, Uh, they don't really they think very much for the now.
2: Yeah. And I think, um, I think that the internet and mm. just the information age yeah. has made things different. Everything is accessible. When I was a kid, if I wanted to learn something about another country, I had to go open an encyclopedia and all okay. of these things like this. Now everything is readily accessible right at their hands. And, That's their view of life.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I think not only that, and this is a big one, I think it's given people (laughs) the false ability to say whatever they want. And what I mean by that is because we're on the Internet, people will say all kinds of outlandish and crazy things that they never would say to you face to face in real life. And sometimes I'm starting to think that they feel so emboldened on the internet that they take that oh, they take that same energy over into real life, and they're met with something that they're not expecting. That's the most pleasant way that I can say it.
2: Yeah. Well, what it is is that, in my opinion, the internet is like people's thoughts being typed out, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So. The things that people really thought about you, mm-hmm. now they, they had a, the ability to type it out away from you, not in your face, type mm-hmm. it out, and put it out to the universe. Right. So the the, the times that we live in are just different, bro. I'm, I'm going to be 100. Like, it's just different now. Like, you know, it's different. They're going to have flying cars and shit, soon, stuff like that. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, ever since Back to the Future, I'm dating myself. I've been waiting on it. But let me ask you this: another thought that I had. I have a coworker of mine who um, he's still with us, but he he has a stage four liver cancer, right? And ju- he just found out not too long ago. He was one of my mentors when I first got into nursing seven years ago, and then it made me it made me have the question I'll ask you, Ox. If you knew the time and date of your passing even if it was 40 50 years from now would you live every day the same
2: That's that's that's, that's a good question Um because you know you 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 would you you, you want to say no I would live every day to the fullest I mm-hmm. would you know but then also like the the bigger grand design wants for you to live the life, your life, out the way you're living it because it gets you to a point, right? In that Mm -hmm. grand design, in the place. So, you know, with God being the grand architect of things, Mm -hmm. you know, he's painting you as you go. Right. You know. So.
0: I'm listening.
2: Now, so I, I think if I knew when I was gonna die, I I, don't know, I still would want to go through all the stages that a lot is gonna take me through.
0: Okay, I can definitely I can definitely understand that, and it's funny with, that you talk about God painting you as you go. I tell people a lot that the reason that we face such difficulty in life is because God has a plan little roadmap laid out for you. Right. And when you decide that you want to go your own particular way, it's when you start to get into trouble. And right. the funniest part about it is it's not really a secret. Right. So because, you know, I think they say that the wages of sin are death. And some people say, oh, that's exaggerated. I say, well, think about this. Right. It, what happens if a flower decides to grow down or a fish decides to jump out the sea? Death occurs. The way that God sets things up, he puts a universal stopgap. And what I mean by that is when you start deciding you want to go left when he's telling you to go right, um, you'll notice that the temperature starts to go up. And the, I like to use this, especially in relationships. If you're in a relationship, whether it be with a friend or you know with your homeboy or with, a, with your girlfriend or wife, and you're not supposed to be there, you'll notice this progressive an increasing level of difficulty, Uh, and it just becomes to a point where eventually you end up having to end that relationship regardless of how much you really want it, because you never were supposed to be there in the first place. And same with obstacles. There's a difference between God putting obstacles in front of you to strengthen and test your still, and then there's a stop sign. When things become so difficult and you're trying to make things happen— they don't need to really occur, but you're just so hard headed and want to do it your way, even though your gut and everything that's happening is telling you to stop.
2: Right. I think so. This is this this is something that I, I like to say, um, you know, I, I, I got in a lot of trouble in my life, been through some things. And mm-hmm. what I notice is that I always, you know, people get in trouble when they making decisions from a desperate place. Mm-hmm. um if you notice you can you can slow down and 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 absorb the lessons when you're in a more comfortable position sometimes mm-hmm. when you when you're coming from a place of desperation, you're just pushing you're fighting so you can't even see some of the warning signs that be coming your way uh, right. uh, until it's kind of like too late sometimes mm-hmm. because you're fighting this uphill battle to get out of the situation that you're in right. right now if you notice when people become more well-off they become more financially stable they get into marriages that are um happy unions they mm. start to be able to slow down and uh, and absorb life right but if That's you know, so have you ever like seen a guy who you know maybe like you know when you were younger this guy was a hustler he was you know going hard in the streets. Then you see him and he's retired and now he's on to something different and you can just see the complete, it's almost like a different person.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think, um, and it's such a thing for artists too, right? Like right now, I'm so happy that I'm in a comfortable space right now and I'm able to do this and I'm able to do my artwork because there's no pressure there's no pressure, and it would be much harder for somebody to take advantage of me right now because I'm not in desperate need of the money. Whereas right, had this right. been 10 or 20 years ago, I might have got into bad deals or or allowed somebody to take advantage of me because it was all I had. Like the recording artist Nip, Mims from This Is Why I'm Hot, you yeah. know how much he said he made off that song? How much? 30K.
2: <laughs> yeah, 30K. <laughs> yeah, but- Listen, bro. They've been robbing us for centuries, right? Mm-hmm. They've been robbing us for centuries. They've been robbing the artists. Um, I'm glad that as a as an artist, as a as an MC, I'm to a place where I know that I can service the people that like my music, and I'm not really worried about other people and what they think. Yeah, it's a lot a of times mindset. Yeah, people compromise the art trying to. You know, catch a catch a hit,
0: right? <laughs> but see, I, that's um, that's good that you no longer have to operate because I think also when you're trying to make art and you're focused on making a hit, you're not being yourself, and the art will start to well the the lack of art almost will start to reflect that, and. I remember one time a buddy of mine flew me out to California to do a show. It was the first and my only show. And as we were sitting there preparing for the show, and I was right, I started to feel like the writing and the song making process was slowly becoming business. And it took away a lot of the joy. And for me personally, my artwork, whether it be me drawing or as an MC, is my stress relief, and when those two things started to become intermingled, it started not to be as much fun, and it took away it took away a lot of the joy. Have you ever experienced that as a recording artist?
2: Um. Yeah. Yes, and no. Right. Because okay. um, because I've always been independent, and I never. Mm. You know, I've always kind of controlled my own narrative, right. but. Um, after Halal Chinese Food came out and it was like, you know, this underground success where people, you know, it's like a cult classic in people's Rolodex. And, you know, it was time to follow up with the next joint. And we did that. And that was pretty easy because I kind of had all the I had rhymes pre-written for it. Thanks. But now, you know, we, we getting known as, you know, this this, this dope underground MC you know hip hop purists and it was time to make the prestige which is that's the album that young muslim wealth is on mm-hmm. and um the pressure to deliver mm-hmm. was 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 kind of rough right you know what i'm saying so i would say that you know it was times that that made me you know took a little bit of the joy away from it mm-hmm. but when i overcame that obstacle it, it, you know was that much more gratifying though
0: so, what's your process when you're writing rhymes? Do you are you a uh, so we got different boxes, right? We got the I don't write rhymes; I just keep them all in my head, guy. We got the I write the rhymes first, and then the beat comes second, or I write the songs as the beat comes on. Which one do you fall under?
2: All three. All three. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I look, let me and let me make this clear. I mm. write my rap, right? Okay. Right. I don't, these guys, they say they just freestyle everything, and a lot of them do. I've seen them do it, and it's dope. Mm-hmm. But my, my, my rhyming process is really intricate, you mm-hmm. know? Um, So I write my rhymes. Okay. Sometimes I have a rhyme that inspired me, come to my head, I write it down a cappella, and then one day I'm in the studio and I hear a beat, and I'm like, oh, snap, this rhyme, go to this beat. Sometimes, you know, I get the beat, and I write the joint. Sometimes I'll go in there and kinda do like boom, four bar four bars off the top of the head. Um, you know, punch, do another four bars off the top of the head, you know, but I think that's for me, that's my mm-hmm. lazy that's that that's me being lazy. Right. So, so that's me. why I would say all three.
0: So I agree. I can agree because there's really no. I think for me, I've definitely done all three. The only time that I really got into like memorizing my lines is when I used to work at UPS in the nighttime because, you know, I, I was working on the conveyor belt. So I really couldn't sit back and write my rhymes. So I had to memorize them throughout the day. So sometimes I revert to that. I guess you're right. I guess it is all three. So here's a big the tough question. Question I ask every MC. Who's your top five?
2: <clears throat> um, Rakim to me is the best rapper of all time. Okay. Period. I don't, I think he fathered. He fathered people's styles. You know. Um. After that, it's like Nas, Big. Okay. Um. This is, you know, this is a hard question for everybody. It is. Uh, it is. You know, I gotta put Pac in there. Okay. Um uh, for the just for the sheer artistry alone. All right, you got uh, one left. Uh, Rockin' Nice, big Pac. Mm. Mm. It's between cause CKRS used to be in my top five, but. Um, uh, I think it's between now it's between Cool G Rap and Jada Kiss.
0: Mm, how did you, now Jada I haven't heard too many people was it that verses that he destroyed dipset in that bumped mm-hmm. him up? Nah,
2: <laughs> nah, nah. Uh Jada is like a phenomenon. Jada been yeah. killing shit. like, you know, I don't I I don't think I could name one whack Jada verse. You know in what? 30 years.
0: Nah, you're right. You're right. You know who's now my top, if I had to go top five, mine's gonna be Nas, Nas, Big, J. Uh I always put three stacks in there because yes. he I feel the same way about him. Three three stacks, and it's between Scarface and Ghost. So I'm gonna go face. And the I reason I, the reason I always go 3K and I challenge anybody, he's never had a whack verse you put Andre on a track with anybody and he's going to bring pressure to it. Facts. I would have said, I always want to put Pun in there, but there's only those two albums. I wish there was more.
2: Yeah, Pun was crazy.
0: But, yeah, the now here's another thing that's been really difficult. How have you let go of old friendships that no longer serve you? Is that something that you run into where you've had to leave some people behind as your success starts to grow?
2: Well, I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know what you know about how much you know about my story, but after the prestige came out and I'm going to federal prison.
0: Oh, I did not know that.
2: Yeah. And so I've been home like a little about about, almost two years now. Okay. But... You know, people, you know, when you're in prison, people forget about you, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't be there for you and all of these things. And instead of me being bitter about Mm -hmm. that, I I use that as a motivation. Like, yo, boom, now I'm finally free of you. Mm. So I just came home and never resumed a lot of these relationships that I had because, you know, for what? You know, (laughs) so kind of, I think, uh, through a lot, I think a lot separated me from these people through, you know, me having to go through that. Right. Right. So, you know.
0: And see that, and that's, that's a powerful thing. And that's what kind of what I was talking about before, because he gave you the foresight. He gave you the insight to say, Hey, these people aren't for you. So let me separate them from you, but you could have very well returned back to them.
2: Yeah, but I, I, bro, I I made it up in my mind, like, in there. Like, nah, when I go home, it's lit because, I mean, you know, I have been in in and out of trouble throughout my youth, but um, Mm -hmm. this last situation, it's like I was just, like, really reaching my goals, you Mm -hmm. know? The Prestige was a crazy record. It it had Young Muslim Wealth on there. Uh, um, It had... uh, uh, actual facts featuring Conway on there. That was crazy. You know, we like I. You know, I was moving to where I really wanted to be, and then it got derailed. So mm-hmm. I knew that when I came home, I had an opportunity to get back in position, and I, I I I just refused. I wasn't. I'm not. You know, I don't want to curse on your joint, but I ain't ever.
0: No, you know, it's okay. You could actually, you can absolutely let go. There's no. Um... You can curse, you can say whatever you feel on here. Uh, so what is your grand plan? What, where would you like to see yourself by the time you're, we'll say, 70 years old?
2: Well, I'm, you know, I'm building my companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to be the, the person that changes the dynamic in my family tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to leave this earth knowing that I put my kids in the position to carry the legacy on, and we don't have to, you know be uh, how do you say, behind the rest of the world anymore. Right. So you know, that generational wealth, you know.
0: And that's and that's what I'm really trying to break out of. So my dad, you know, he worked pretty much he worked up until the day that he died, but he made several attempts to get out of the rat race. And that's where what I'm trying to do right now. And it's not necessarily that exiting the rat race is difficult per se. The hardest part for me has been changing my mindset. Mm. If you're taught how to do it, if you're taught how to get LLCs and, and you know, finagle tax returns is easy, but when you're starting from ground zero and you've been instilled with the worker mindset which i believe starts at school it's difficult and all the people around you are just telling you oh this is just the way that it is you just go 9 to 5 9 to 5 9 to 5 die i'm 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 having a hard time accepting that
2: yeah i think so they do indoctrinate you with this as as kids right and i think one of the blessings of me being like a super rebellious kid you know, I understood racial dynamics at a really mm-hmm. early age. I understood, you know, that they weren't for me. So mm-hmm. I was like really, really like a discipline, a discipline problem in the schools. And I really wasn't taking in the stuff that they was really running past me.
1: Right. And
2: I, I kind of always was blessed with like this little r- crazy reasoning. And so from a youth, I always was like, I'm never I'm never working for anybody. I'm never right I'm never w- working thirty years to make someone else rich like i I, w- I had these things in my mind as a as a young kid, mm-hmm. so i you know even though that seemed like such rebellion back then, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that was still a law protecting me for for the grand design of what he had planned for my life
0: right
2: because I've never had a job i oh, work I've always worked for myself, well you know I was in the streets at one point in time, but mm-hmm. i've never i've never worked for anybody
0: man do you have do your kids have that same mentality uh they do okay
2: my son my son's definitely
0: yeah what's what's his business you can plug it here if he has one
2: no he ate so <laughs> oh okay
0: <laughs> okay
2: you, you wanna still. Start, it's twin i got twin sons so they want okay. to start doing kids' clothing, and they're they, they, they getting into coding and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to my homeboy. He was going to his job right now, and um, I was telling him my thoughts. And I tell my wife, every, like, when I became a nurse seven years ago, I told her that the I never really had any dreams of being a nurse. The reason I wanted to do it for the sole intent was to build up enough capital to do my own thing. And so I was talking to my homeboy about it and he was like, yeah, I just need to make enough money so I can do whatever I want. I said, look, as long as you're here on this earth, you're going to have to work to some degree. For me, the only thing that I want is freedom of time and my ability to govern and dictate how much time I have to spend around people I don't like. Because I assume when you're independent, true, you may have to do business deals and talk to people you don't like but it's time limited versus eight hour shifts of having to be around people you can't stand.
2: Right. I think so. I think that having a job or a career
1: mm-hmm.
2: is, is a great thing, right? Absolutely. It's it's like having insurance, mm-hmm. you know, you know, your money is coming mm-hmm. right is rain. The, but the, but the, the, the business owner, the, the person, the, that that a person works for, he doesn't have that insurance. He's taking all the risks. That's why he's making the the lion's share of the money, mm-hmm. right? He's 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 risking his capital, so on and so forth. So, the, when when we realize that working for ourselves and being entrepreneurs, it's a discipline. Mm-hmm. And once you master that discipline, you never want to go back to. Uh, working for anyone else because you're basically trading time for money, and mm. if if you're gonna trade time for money, you need to have a little more control. Or I I don't want to say what you, I want to have more control over how much money I can make in that amount of time.
0: Oh no, don't you can say I I'm taking notes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So trading time for money, and that's a powerful thing, especially when you break it down. Like for somebody that makes. $25 an hour, right? I said, think about it like this. If I came to you right now and said, okay, look, I'll pay you $25 an hour and I'll take the, I'll, we'll make, we'll both make a hundred dollars an hour, but I'll give you 25 of it and I'll take 75 while you do the bulk of the work. That wouldn't sound like a great deal to anybody, but when you're working from somebody, that's effectively what's happening. You just don't see it.
2: Right, it's just, you know, it's it's just, it's a system.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, we as as black people, um, as people of color, of any race, nat- you know, nationality, whatever, we have to create our own system.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Because right, everybody's not meant to take that risk to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. Right? But we need to be able to employ our people. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to employ our people and take better care of them than what the system is doing. Correct. And the only way we can do that is through group group economics, in my opinion.
0: No, no. And so uh, I'm a Christian, right? But I've always taken great interest. One of my favorite books and movies was Malcolm X ever since I was young. I'm very, very focused on it. So I've paid I've paid a lot of attention to not only Islam, but the nation of Islam as well, even though I know those are two different things. The one thing that I really pay attention to the most is group economics, right? Having your own bank, having your own grocery store, having your own school system. Other ethnicities have that down. Us as a people do not. And I don't know why we have an issue coming together in that realm to start something out as far as a community in that, in that, in that way because we seem very fractured when it comes to that. How do you feel about that?
2: Well, I, I think that's by design, right? Mm, um, okay. I think that there has been many instances where brothers and sisters was together mm-hmm. um, building things, whether it's the black church, whether it's the Nation of Islam, uh, whether it's the Black Panthers, whether, mm-hmm. you know, there's been so many instances where mm-hmm. people have been working together but what do they do? They, they they send somebody in there to break that up and fracture it. And, yeah. and, and you can, it doesn't matter. You can name any, any one of those things that I just spoke of, and you can see where they sent, I, I mean, I don't, you know, infiltrate it to, yeah. to mess up what was going on. Yeah. You know?
0: and, and, and that's not a conspiracy. You know, people laugh at me and they'll say that I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, how's a conspiracy if it's actually true? Right. If that's what actually happened, uh, I'll give you a great example. I was. Are you familiar with the Hebrew Israelites? I am. Okay. So I was talking to a brother from from their, from their uh, sect. We were just talking about different things in the Bible and really just chopping it up. And I noticed that as me and him started talking, something odd started happening with my phone. Uh-huh. Phone call. Phone. I'm dead serious. My wife thought I was crazy until I let her hear my phone, I started getting echoes in my phone. A uh, phone calls started dropping when I started having certain conversation. And this kept going on for months. Well, as I was talking to him in the middle of conversations, he would say things like, um, you know, we're not, a, we're not a hate group. We're not a hate group. And it would just come at different points in the conversation. I'm like, Hey, why do you keep saying that? Until one day he told me that They were being targeted as a hate group in the state of Texas. So I looked them up, and sure enough, they were. And so as time goes by, me and him, our communication starts to lessen. And as our communication starts to lessen, guess what? Your phone gets better. My phone gets better, and it all goes back to normal. And I tell my my wife, I'm like, the only—I said, it's not far-fetched to think that that they were tapping me. At all. It, it's in my level of importance, because if I was somebody who was like a national leader, you would just assume that's true. But just because I'm regular schmegular guy from Texas, we think that they wouldn't spend time doing that. When I don't think that's true. I think that they um, I mean, we all know that Amazon listens to phone. I mean, how many times have you said something about like if I, you said, hello, hello, Chinese food. I'm pretty sure now when I scroll through my Facebook, it's going to start popping up. More and more
2: facts, facts. But you know, I think you just touched on a point that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that is kind of like almost an answer to the question that you asked, right? So a lot of reasons that we can't come together is out of fear. So mm-hmm. now it's to a point where you can't be claiming no groups, bro, mm-hmm. or they could they could do something bad to you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so. Now black people are even scared to be in groups, yeah, because these groups are being targeted, yeah. right? Like I, don't, I ain't in none of these groups, man. I'm going to <laughs> right? I, don't, I, I, I only group I got is me and my kids, right? Because right. they're targeting these groups, and within these groups, they have implants and people that's in there that work for them. Mm-hmm. So no. you never know who you're talking to.
0: No, you're you're absolutely right. Oh, man, what was this one, one thing that sounded, not MK Ultra, but, you know, even, even like the Tuskegee experiment, if you were to say that, that they were doing that now, it w- people would think that you're nuts. If you went around, you know, saying that they were injecting black men with syphilis, you wouldn't believe it. Like, my wife gets on me all the time because I try to either limit or not use wireless headphones. I talked about this in the last one. There's a there's a brain tumor. It's the one that killed John McCain, right? Mm. Since and you can when you get a chance, when you get a chance, you get off this call, just Google it. They there's a um, that this rare brain tumor that John McCain had over the last decade, since blue the introduction of Bluetooth devices, this brain tumor has been on the rise. And even if you Google like Bluetooth and they'll tell you to like the CDC tells you to limit your use of these devices. They don't tell you why, but they do tell you to limit your use. And another thing is fluoride, right? So fluoride's in both toothpaste and it's in your water. And they do say that uh, my dentist, she gives me toothpaste with non-fluoride, but they'll say that, oh, well, you know, tiny bits of fluoride aren't, aren't bad for you. But then when you think of, there's two things you got to think about. One, how much fluoride are you actually consuming on a daily basis? Nobody knows because you're drinking this water and you're using the toothpaste. So the amount that you're ingesting is probably higher than negligible. And then on top of that, the, there's a penile gland that we have. Uh, they say that it can, was called the third eye. And in addition to that, it controls your seridi- it releases melatonin. Well, everybody over the age of, mm, I think, 20 has cal- calcification of the penile gland. And the main reason this occurs, and you can see it on x rays, is because of ingestion of fluoride. Mm. Dead serious. And they don't know, they claim that it doesn't have any effect on you, but I have a hard time believing that.
2: Right, and and you probably should have a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> nah, listen, it's so much. I, so you know, I don't want to get off into too much of this type of stuff because okay, know, they beating flag this and all that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like. Um, you know, last thing I will say is, man, population control is real. Okay. You know. No, I can believe that. These people who want that. who want to. You know, these people who run, run the show, mm-hmm. these people these people feel like there's too many people on this earth. Humans are consuming the earth very fast and they're destroying mm-hmm. the joint. So mm-hmm. there's people who feel like population control is the only thing that's going to save the earth, is to kill off the people.
0: So, you know, and I, and I won't go into to it much because I know, you, you know, the flagging thing, even though, you know, Podbean's pretty good about that. They don't really, I've gotten into all kinds of strange topics and they haven't, Taking me down, but I noticed this more when I had started to get awareness of self right, so my dad passed about four or five years ago, and to put it lightly, I went insane right I mean i'm talking about I lost it because that was my dog, right well,
2: you hear about it bro. oh
0: man, you know what it turned out to be the worst and the best thing that could have happened to me, and I say that because it made me attain higher self. I started to shed so many things that like, you know, that were holding me back. I got into, I got into better shape. I started taking care of myself better. Well, I had always dealt with anxiety, depression, and things of that nature. But I'm starting to realize more and more as I changed my dietary choices and became more active, a lot of those things started to fade away. Um, Like if if you think about food, for example, food can dictate your emotions. And the the example that I use, if you, Ox, had a big business deal coming up, big business deal, you were hour out and you had to make a food choice. I am pretty sure I know what you're going to say. Would you rather eat a salad with some fish or a big hamburger?
2: A salad with some fish.
0: Now, why? I'm talking about from a mental standpoint. What would the burger make you feel?
2: It's going to make you feel lethargic. It's going to slow you down. It's going to make you feel contentment to a point of laziness or what they call the itis.
0: You see what I'm saying? So it's like once you start thinking about that, a lot of the the mental disorders that we see on the planet are really food induced. People claim that they have anxiety, but they'll eat on an empty stomach. They'll drink two cups of coffee and a bunch of sugar. That's going to mimic anxiety. It just Or a bunch of soda. Uh, they, we eat all these things. Like, you ever heard of the thing where if you feed a bird rice, they'll eat it and explode or something like that?
2: Oh, yeah, I've heard stuff. Like, I don't heard know about rice, but like, uh, I think it was Alpecelsus or something.
0: Right, right. And it's crazy because you sit there and I ask myself, I'm like, well, that's stupid. Why would a living animal eat something they know it's going to kill it, kill itself? When we do it all the time, when you really think about it. Oh,
2: hello? Yeah, is that you? My bad. It's I all didn't... good?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what you over there listening to?
2: Nah, that, um... Man, my, I, I tried to click on IG because somebody, like, pinging me. Yeah. I ain't thinking, and it went straight to the story. <laughs>
0: Isn't that how it goes? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that's a song that I did with um, hmm. Cool G Mims. This okay. DJ Red Alert. We did that for a project for um, the uh, Struggle Mike and uh, the Black Soprano family.
0: Oh, oh wait, Black. That's not Benny. Benny's team, is it? Yeah. Okay. Is it is it already out?
2: Yeah. It's called uh, with the shits or something.
0: Oh wait, okay. I actually, I'm looking at your IG right now. Struggle, struggle me, struggle Mike, Nims, and Ox really with the shits. Who made the beat? Um, I don't know. Oh, fail Okay, fair. Uh, no.
2: no, 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 no. I'm sorry. His name mm-hmm. is X Roar, the producer.
0: Okay. Wait um, a second. I, I'm looking at this. Why do I know this guy, but I can't place an Old buddy in the green shirt. Was he part of boot camp? Click.
2: Oh yeah, that's a uh, oh tech. tech. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah,
0: my brother. Yeah. Oh, man, I I used to be huge into boot camp quick. Um, Sean Price, that was my favorite.
2: Yeah, mine too. It was my Aki too.
0: And I don't know why I wouldn't. Have, and now, as far as mic skills, like strictly barf, like bars, it's, let's see, I go Sean, I go Beans. I'm a big Beans fan. I go, let's see, Sean, Beans.
2: It's That's my brother too. Oh, you know Beans? That's my art. We did a song oh, together. Man. We got us we got a song on YouTube. A word? What's it called? Black Away. We both was featured on a song for, from a group called CIGM. They uh oh, they, they, they they had us come in and, and do features on their on their song. So we in, Oh that's dope. Yeah, this was years ago too. I say Beans might be the only person that ever smoked me on the record. Hey man, I tell people all the
0: times, to me, being as I'm a big Jay fan, but on the mic, if we're talking about just that, Beans is nicer than Jay to me. Mm-hmm. If we're talking like the whole package and marketing and whatnot, Jay beats everybody because he changed, he changed the game with the way he did things and everybody wanted to be like, be like Jay. But if we're talking about strictly skills, it is Beans.
2: I, I listen, I ain't gonna. This i I I'm not gonna say either way, right? I think they're right. two totally different artists though. True. Because Jay give you a certain motivation and beans give you a certain feeling.
0: Mm, okay. I could
2: definitely you know? see that. So I'm listening it dependent it's dependent on the mood, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If you feeling that yeah. aggressive, just you want
2: bar heavy, then beans is it. Yeah, but if you fit but if you but if you feeling uh, debonair, you feel you feeling yeah. like you getting money, you yeah. know. You you throwing Jay on, you know. You you, you know what I'm saying? So,
0: and I, and that's what's so powerful about Jay, and and it, and it, this is what makes it always hard for me to put Eminem in in any of my list, right? Just for the simple fact that as much as I like Eminem, I can't think of a time when I'm like put some Eminem on.
2: Yeah, I, I you know I I know you did. I know, M, M is I know you did. No, no, yeah. Crazy MC, but he's not on my list
0: though. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's it's unfortunate. I mean, I love his first album, but I the way that I rank albums and have their classics or not, or it depends on how often I go back to them.
2: Right, right.
0: Like I still go back to Supreme
2: Clientele. Yeah, I mean that's an essential piece of work right there. That you know, that's like the like that's like an essential.
0: Oh yeah, that I Illmatic.
2: Mean, in my opinion, Illmatic is the best rap album ever released.
0: I'm not gonna argue because it has no skips, no flaws, no flaws. I think my favorite song on there is probably. I mean, everybody says New York State of Mind, but if I had, nah, let me think. I'm actually looking at it right now.
2: I just remixed New York State of Mind.
0: I saw it on your thing, but I haven't. I didn't see it on Spotify.
2: Nah, cause you know, I, they be robbing you, man. For real. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you're giving me a fraction of a penny off a of spin. No, no, no. So, no. like, you know, uh, I do a lot of direct to consumer, man. If you click the um, link in my bio, you could uh, you can buy all my joints, singles, and all that. I think the New York State of Mind joint is like a You could buy it directly from me. You know what? I'm about to support you right now, man. Islam State of Mind. Yeah. If you go on, go on my. If you click, I'm, I'm, I'm already there. I'm
0: there right now. Yeah. I'm there right now let me see if I can go ahead and yeah it's got me in there
2: so the the, the the download comes attached to the receipt
0: got you I'm already I'm on it right now
2: and it it just dropped right into your files and boom you own it but you could get you could get um all my music you could buy all my albums the classic joints all that and i'm a, I'm gonna be honest if you drop a record today, I would rather come buy it directly from you, bro, because I know they're not giving the artists no money. You know, people got children. That's why these guys is doing all these publicity stunts to try to run the numbers up so that mm-hmm. they could actually make a couple of dollars to take home to their family.
0: And see, man, that's an argument that me and my homeboys were having. I said, "How much money do you think rap artists make?" They're like millions, and I'm like, "I don't think they're making that type of money off music because of the way that the industry is now."
2: Well, they're not With, making it off streaming, that's for sure.
0: It's right, because it's from from, and you know better than I do. I assumed it was from shows and other things.
2: Shows, merchandising, you know, uh, sponsorships, and you know, stuff like that, but. As for they, they robbing us with the streaming numbers. You make a frac, you don't even make a penny off a spin. You make a third of a penny, bro.
0: Are you, so you have so like if so if you would get a million spins, you get like what a thousand dollars or something. Uh,
2: nah, I think depending on what platform. Some okay. some platforms, I think you get like seventy five hundred for a million spins, bro.
0: For a million, yeah. So it sounds good until you realize that's a million spins.
2: You see, what I'm saying so. Yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, I can't do that, bro. Nah, I
0: figured.
2: so like I'm, not, and, but the thing about it is, it's so integrated into what you got going on that you still want to feed that beast as well. So because mm-hmm. you like, I re-released a lot of Chinese food because I had took it off streaming sites. Okay. But I re-released it so that people could get it on Instagram. Hmm. But I still encourage people to buy it from me. But people want, like, to use it in their stories, so on and so forth. So, you know, I did it for that reason. But not making no, you're not making no money off streaming, bro. Hmm.
0: So let me ask you another question. I don't want to keep you all day. I know you—what do you got planned for the rest of the day, man?
2: Man, got some orders to fill. Okay. You know.
0: So let me ask you a question before I let you go, my brother. Um Life lessons. I tell people the following life lessons. I don't lend people any money anymore. I don't allow people to live with me. I don't do business with friends, and I don't give out rides in my car. If you could give the people one life lesson, what would it be?
2: I would tell my only—the that I, the only thing I would say— mm-hmm. um, Outside of God is one, Mm -hmm. um, your your kids is your family. Okay. I mean, your friends. Your family is your only friends you ever going to need. All of these relationships, people trying to be validated by other people, get validated by your kids first, man.
0: Yeah. You ever heard that Scarface line when he said, uh, your family is your backbone, your friends ain't shit? That's a fact. Big facts. Um, I did just purchase the joint. I'm going to listen to it later today while I go out and do my chores. But once again, man, I really do appreciate you um, spending this time with me. After I get off the phone, if you want to send me your address or P.O. box or wherever you'd like me to send the print, the art that I've done today, I'll send it over to you. And um, once again, thank you so much, man.
2: All right, bro. Yeah, I'm going to hit you on the back channel. I want to see what you did.
0: All right, one.
2: All right, peace. Peace.